Welcome to the Daily Blues Podcast, giving you the best blues content from across all of our 101 ESPN platforms. All right, Joey Vitale now joins us here on Stalter and Rivers with Michelle Smallman and Alex Ferrario. I'm Anthony Stalter, let's head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. This is where we'll find Joey Vitale. Joey, can you put into words how important it was for the Blues to not only acquire a defenseman, but uh, an Italian defenseman? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he. I'm going to have to throw him up there with my my all first team Italian name, you know, with you got Marco Scandella, obviously, um, you know, there was a couple guys, um, Sonny, Sonny Milano is another one on that wing, but I kind of got a whole list of, of players. Uh, Mark Giordano, he's the other D man, but I have a first team all Italian and whenever we can get one in the lineup is certainly always an advantage. I'm about to have his family over for, for pasta and meatballs here pretty soon. You can't have too many Italians. Well said. Joey, well, give us a scouting report on Marco Scandella. What can Blues fans expect out of him once he hits the ice? Well, listen, you're gonna you can expect uh, a great present defenseman who is a left-handed shot who's been in the league for nearly 600 games. He's got great playoff experience uh, through the Minnesota Wild and under the regime of Mike Yo. Uh, he's a big body, stands at six foot three. Uh, he's a shutdown defenseman. Uh, he, I, I would compare him to a younger. Maybe a little bit more polished Jay Bowmeister in that sense, where he's not going to wow you, he's not going to dazzle you by getting up in the rush, uh, having a lot of offense. Uh, he won't get on the board all that often, but he is a very composed defenseman who will shut things down on the back end. He boxes out very well. He's got a very, very big body, a big frame, and he can play that kind of muck and grind, gritty style. He can get chippy. You know, we, we we broke in the league together. I remember. When he started in his career, he he was he fighting a little bit here and there. I think he will defend his teammates. Uh, but I certainly am excited to have him uh, on part of this team. And, I would, of course, paired up with Colton Pareko uh, in the sense that that will now be that shutdown pair. And I think that kind of frees up Petrangelo a little bit more because you lose Bo Meester and then Petro, I think, had a little bit more of a shutdown responsibility. But now that you have uh, Marco on the back end there with Pareko, then I think now – you have your captain can maybe take a little bit more chances, jump up in the rush, and maybe he doesn't get that uh, dominant um, matchup uh, anymore where he can kind of freewheel a little bit more. This is going to be a, a big help on the back end for the Blues. Joe, you think that helps Justin Falk too because you know now he's not pairing with a, a right-handed defenseman and he's playing on the left side or a right-handed defenseman is playing on the left side. You know, he's paired with Vince Dunn tonight. So you have, much like when you had Jay Bomeister, the lefty-righty matchups. Yeah, you know, I think so. And I think to be fair, I think Justin Falk is still feeling his way out on this thing. And I know that sounds crazy and you have to think, well, at some point he's got to really figure it out. But, you know, you have to keep in mind, this is this is a player that has come from only one organization. He spent his entire career there. Um, you know, Justin's a fairly quiet, out-of-the-limelight kind of personality. And I think that, you know, you trade in midseason, it's going to be an adjustment for players like that. I think we are still seeing that adjustment. Now, we've seen spurts of him, and they've been great. But I still think this is just going to take more time. And what made me a little nervous about that progression for Justin Falk was, while he's in that progression, you're putting him in a position he's not necessarily used to. It's just It makes that adjustment that much more difficult but now you put them back on that right side you put them on that third pair and you just say hey go eat 17 18 minutes a night we're not going to put you overboard we're not going to give you petrol numbers like 24 minutes a night but go out there uh, and just really kind of grab those 17 18 minutes uh, be energized and just really try to find that rhythm because uh, he can help this team we've seen it we've seen him with spurs with petrangelo 
where he's jumped, jumped up in the rush. He had a couple one-timer options last game where you're starting to see that shot come around more and more. But when he catches fire, and I hope it, I hope it soon for the, for the Blues' sake, especially come playoff time, he, he is a threat, especially on the offensive side of things. But the good news is Baruby's still very impressed with how he's doing things defensively. Joy Vitale, you'll hear him tonight in the Mitsubishi Electric pregame show starting at 6. It's Blues at the ice at 6.30 with the BMW of West St. Louis pregame skate. Puck drops between the Blues and the Coyotes at 7 o'clock. And Joey will be alongside Chris Kerber and Alex Ferrario on the call. Uh, Joey, when you look at the forward group right now and how they're present, presently constructed and how they're playing, who are a couple of guys that you feel as though, you know, step up sounds like it's a, it's almost like a threat, but when you're looking at guys that need to emerge down the stretch here, if the offense is going to find consistency, what guys are you looking at the most? You know, I think that if you look at the entire group, um, a couple players to me that really jump off the page that I'm not going to say need to emerge because they haven't been there because these two players certainly have been there. It just, I think there's another level that they certainly need to get to again before playoffs start. And that is Braden Shen and James Schwartz. Now they had great puck possession time with Ryan O'Reilly last game, and they got rewarded with that Schwartz goal. So to me, that that's a big step in the right direction. I think that Craig Ruby having to go down to as well and move Shen to the right side, putting Ryan O'Reilly, the best playmaker, with those two guys. To me, that that's a that's a shot enough. That that's a warning to them that we got to get you going. And here you are. We're going to give you our best playmaker right through the middle. And if that doesn't get you going, you know, where you're kind of running out of options at that point. So I think they responded very well the one game in with Ryan O'Reilly between the middle. I like them in the sense now that they are they're energy guys. They're feisty guys. They like that wing. They like that speed game. And then you have Ryan O'Reilly, who's going to be a bit slower. He's going to be a little bit behind the play. He's going to read and react a lot better. So you got that playmaking ability um, right through the middle now with Ryan O'Reilly. And then you got the speed and you got that tenacity and the shot of Jaden Schwartz, and then you got the grit and the grind of Braden Shen. I think this can be a great line, and I think this is what Craig Verubi is after. You know, Braden Shen plus 20 goals. You know, Jaden Schwartz, he's creeping up on 20 goals. So I, I said I hate to say that these guys have got to get going because they've been so good, but they have kind of fallen off a little bit. They've had a lot of opportunities. Maybe they're not putting in the back of that as much, and I just know that both of them, if you ask them, they're certainly that next level that they both feel like they need to get to, and this team certainly needs them to get to, to be that good top line. Joey, we've had a lot of conversations recently about Vladimir Tarasenko and his progress coming back from that injury. And when Doug Armstrong spoke about it, he said, we're hoping to have him back by March, mid-March, or April. And to me, that is a huge window that could mean a lot of different things. We know the Stanley Cup playoffs are a completely different beast. So to me, I'm thinking if he's to come back in April towards the very end of the regular season and then get thrown right into the playoffs. I don't know how that will work. So what do you think about how the Blues are going to approach the deployment of Vladimir Tarasenko when he returns? Well, the first thing I will say is that with Vladimir Tarasenko, you're not just worried about this year. You're worried about your franchise winger, uh, your franchise leading goal scorer uh, in the present time. So it's not something that if he is 85, 90%, you're going to throw him right in there. I, I don't believe uh, the training staff and Doug Armstrong and Craig Ruby are prepared to do that. I think given the fact that this is you're in for this for the long haul, with Vladimir Tarasenko, you are waiting until he's 100%. If he's 100% come mid-March and you have three weeks left in the regular season and you need points, I think he'll be in there. And, you know, if, if he's not ready 100% until mid and April, let's say end of first round, second round, 
I think they can put him in there then. I don't think they're going to rush this thing for that purpose that you are, um, first and foremost, you are concerned about his health. Now, let's say he does come back playoff time and he misses the entire regular season, for example. For all the naysayers out there, for all the doubters thinking that, well, it's a completely different beast. I don't know how Vladimir Tarasenko is going to handle it. You know what? I think if it was Sammy Blay, who hasn't had a ton of playoff experience, hasn't had a ton of NHL experience, I think maybe you could be a little concerned with that. But I think Vladimir Tarasenko has had plenty of playoff experience. Uh, he was just nothing but nails for the Blues down the stretch last year. And I think he will step in and he will do more than fine come playoff time if he is thrown right into a series. I do not see that being a concern at all. I think, if anything, uh, you're looking at a situation where he's going to be very well rested. I think the fact that uh, it's an upper body injury uh, plays to the advantage of the Blues in that regard a lot. You see t- sometimes with the Jordan Kairos, uh, the Robbie Fabries, those lower body, those knee injuries, when you come back, it takes a long time, even when you're back. But the upper bodies are a little different. You know, at least Vladdy's been skating uh, full out. His legs are conditioned. You know, he, the lower body is essentially okay. It really just comes down to that shoulder. So the adjustment when he does come back, it's just going to be the battle uh, and competing corners, kind of rubbing off on guys, getting to the net, releasing that shot, absorbing hits. That is a much better problem to deal with than, let's say, a lower body, knee, ankle, broken bone of some regard. So I think that, Vladdy, if he were to come back at playoffs, it would be a non-issue. Joey, great stuff as always. Have, have yourself a great broadcast, and we'll talk to you again soon. Stolz, hey, I'm really glad you didn't throw any analogies at me. I heard your analogy's been just like off the rails. Yeah, lately. man. <laughs> um, you know, Joey, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. But, you I, know love, what? but I, I love you I, anyways. My, my my dad, he's like the king of analogies. He's not a very smart man, but he's got the analogies like like you can't believe. So if you need any help, uh, I, I can give you a cell phone number. Well, I'm just like your dad, save for the good analogies. I'm just not smart. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Have a good day, guys. All right, buddy. See ya. All right, that's Joey Vitale, our good buddy. This has been the Daily Blues Podcast. Check back tomorrow for more blues coverage right here on 101ESPN.com.